Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Revelation Project podcast. I'm honored today to be speaking with Truth Speaks. Truth is a Black, non-binary, trans, queer woman with Southern roots. She relocated to the state of Maine in 2011 to be an evangelist. She is a Black Lives Matter activist, a feminist, writer, femme, and artist. She also has a long history in the medical field in nursing, but shifted her focus in 2015 into the work of anti-racism. She uses her art to draw attention to issues surrounding white supremacy, police brutality, and anti-black racism with a focus on black women. She's always looking for opportunities to empower women and to share her lived experience and truth with the world. Today, we're going to be talking to Truth about decolonizing the mind. Hey, Truth. Hi. How's it going today? (laughs) Oh, you are so welcome. I'm so, so blessed to have you. It's it's going well. Uh, it's It's been a good, smooth morning so far. Very peaceful. Have a day off from the corporate world. So that's always nice. That is always so, nice. Yeah. yeah. And so we're also kind of sitting, you know, right before a big snowstorm, I hear. Are you guys supposed to get it in Maine? Yes. I keep hearing about it, but I haven't seen anything about it myself on the news. I was I was uh I was in a shop yesterday, I believe, and I heard an elder man talking about this huge blizzard of the year coming and I was like is he just being funny or is, he <laughs> or is this really happening? I mean, this is the problem when you don't watch the news, right? It's like you're so yes. d- disconnected from even the weather. Uh, <laughs> I know. And, I, and lately I have been disconnected from the news because I'm like, post-election had me like exhausted and burnt out. So I was like, I watched too much news during the election. And I was like, I just need a break. I don't care what the weather is. I just need a break. <laughs> I know. Well, I have to I have to brag for a moment because all I have to do in the morning is turn to my right and my partner will say exactly what's going on with the weather and whatever his sleep his sleep score was for the night. So that's the first report I get every morning. I know you're all jealous. Oh yeah. It's pretty I funny. See. Yeah. So I so I would love to actually start by just I just want to start with your name because you guys as you're listening, I got to tell you, it's like y'all know that not only do I record on a couple of different platforms, Zoom being one of them, but I love it when it says truth has entered the waiting room. And <laughs> right? And I'm just like, oh, truth I just love that you chose that name. So tell me more. Tell me more about just your namesake. Yeah. So I call myself truth ultimately because I am a person who for a long time has been seeking the truth. And I feel like I've been seeking that truth with all of my heart. And, you know, I at one point in my life thought that I knew the truth, um, even on the journey of seeking it with all my heart. And and, you know, over the past five or six years, have realized that that my truth is just starting uh, to begin with me coming out as queer, with me coming out as trans, with me transitioning out of nursing, the corporate nursing world into activism and, and just more of a holistic health approach. And so I feel like I call myself truth because I am still on that journey of both seeking my truth and speaking my truth. And I want to live in a world where, where I am living in my truth, where I don't have to walk around feeling fearful or, or like, or uncomfortable in, in all, um, in so many different spaces because I am, I am embodying my full authentic self. Um, and I want to be able to give that to other people, especially other women. Um, you know, given the topic of patriarchy, like you mentioned earlier, and just decolonizing the mind. And, and, and one of the things that I listen to on one of your podcasts is about not being sorry. And I think 
that's what it is. Speaking your truth uh, and living in your truth so boldly that you don't feel the need to apologize to anyone about it. No one can write your narrative for you. Uh, and so I am the only one who can write my truth. And I hope by living in that truth that I can also inspire others to live in theirs. I love that. I love that so much. Truth is something that is is also precious to me. And I think a lot of people get really kind of confused about truth. And it's like, what is the truth? And I think one of the things that I had to realize was that there's kind of the you know, the the truth that lives inside of each of us that gets to be different from anybody else's, and it gets mm-hmm. to be sacred, and it gets to be ours. And I think it's a very, very special and important distinction to make when when you kind of give yourself those, I call it the bill of right. I have the right to speak mm. my truth in the face yes. of no agreement. When, when yes. everybody else is maybe not in agreement with my truth, I get, I still get to have it. It still gets to be my truth. And in saying that, it's not about having any closed doors to, to other considerations or other ways of being. But I think oftentimes in this society, we are, forced into a box that often does not fit the truth of who we are. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so of course, as soon as we kind of talk about, you know, seeking my truth and speaking my truth, I immediately go to, okay, then what I'm hearing under that is that there was a time that you actually had to hide that from the world and maybe even from yourself. And I wondered if you could talk about that. Oh my gosh, yes. I feel like, you know, like, like I said, I just feel like I started to discover my truth over the past five or six years. And I'm 29 years old. And so that means that a big chunk of my life has been, and, you know, just rooted in something that was very foggy and, and unclear that I really and wholeheartedly believe for a long time was, you know, my truth and was the way I should be living. And it's been mind blowing to, <laughs> to like, kind of like de- de- unpack all of that, decolonize all of that, decondition all of that, you know, and, and be like, wow, like looking back on all of those experiences and actually being able to see how they weren't my truths at all, but rather everyone else's, the box that I was uh, made to believe that I needed to be in were full of um, what I like to call now that I've listened to one of your podcasts, uh, scripts, you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned how we're given these scripts when we're, when right, when we're born, what to say, how to live, what to do. And I feel like that was just another box that I was in, you know, where I did see a lot of uh, the patriarchy and just like under this uh, guise of Christianity, which is, you know, can be very much aligned with sentiments of white supremacy in the sense of things like the man is in control and the woman needs to be silent and not speak and all of these different things. And I just thought, I really thought at a point in my life that these were truths, that these, that this was a, that this was the way to uh, live in one regard and one aspect. Just, this is just one example. And so I feel like, you know, for me, this experience of, Living in my truth and speaking my truth boldly, unapologetically is is very like refreshing. It's uh it's been an awakening for me, and I've been reading a lot of James Ball and and the work of other uh, Black queer and trans people uh, like myself. And one of the things that James Baldwin mentions that I love and and always go back to over and over is kind of like you said, you know, about disagreements. This is paraphrased, but James Baldwin said, you know, we can agree uh, and disagree with one another unless that you know, disagreement is rooted in, in my uh, my right to exist and in my humanity. And so I think like, yeah, we can, you know, you know, speaking these truths also have to be done to some degree in a way that doesn't really, um, that, that really doesn't dictate someone else's humanity or way of living, especially when that doesn't cause harm to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been, it's been a, it's been an experience. It's been just, I've been, it's been, you know, I've been mad at myself I've been sad because I've lost a lot of like friendships that that were in those circles of what I thought was true. It's been also uh, just like I said, rejuvenating as well, and, and I've been experiencing a lot of joy throughout this experience. So it's just been, you know, 
It's a been a, I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, uh, I often talk fondly, even though, you know, it doesn't feel very fond sometimes, but of the paradox. It's just, mm-hmm. it's this idea that all of these things get to coexist in the same space and that, you know, at the same time, oh you can gosh. feel liberated, <laughs> right? Like in the same time, you can feel liberated and free. You can also feel grief struck, you know, by... Mm-hmm. As you're speaking your truth, oftentimes, I always say, as we align, we become divine. And and mm. that is this idea of, you know, I think that we're all born into the world to bring our unique gift. And so enough of the hom- homogenization of everybody. It's such a, yeah. it's such an illusion that we should somehow try to you know, conform. Because what we really, I think, want to do is to live the fullest expression of who we really are. And sometimes the most painful, I think, thing that happens when we kind of fall out of agreement is that, you know, there's this illusion that we're kind of kicked out of the garden. You know, I'll I'll kind of talk Mm -hmm. about like the Garden of Eden for a minute. But when we really look more closely at it, we have the power to put ourselves right back in the garden by aligning with our truth and knowing that by talking and sharing our truth, in some cases, yes, we're going to lose the people that are shooting on us, are shaming us. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it really comes with a lot of wisdom and maturity to turn around and understand that that actually says more about where they're at than it does about where we're headed and where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I love, I love too how you really spoke so eloquently to the intersection of all of these isms, you know, and how Christianity upholds in many cases white supremacy and that the people that you love and the people that loved you were telling you that these things, quote unquote, are true. And so mm-hmm. what happens when we're not allowed to be who we are and we kind of are forced or what is forced upon us are these ways of being that don't that don't align with our truth. We be, we can tend to become very fractured. And so when I go back to kind of what you had to hide and then what you ended up revealing, my understanding is that you were born into a male gendered body, correct? But that wasn't the essence of of your spirit. Yeah, and that's you know that's just uh, that's my truth. That for me, um, because of you know uh, the environments I grew up in, and a lot of those beliefs too that came from Christianity, really suppressed all of who I knew I always was, and so. In a lot of ways, I was at a very young age, although being a non-binary trans woman, being uh, was forced to be this this male, <laughs> um, this male that that like I never was or felt like, and I and I do there, I do just believe that there is a lot of divine connections to my my DNA and who I am between my mother and I because I think I shared this with you. I'm not sure, but my mom thought she was, you know, according to the world standards, having a, a little girl. And <laughs> my mom had decorated, you know, the, this bedroom for, for me, uh, you know, quote unquote, for a girl. And, you know, had, had gotten all girl clothes, quote unquote. And, and then, you know, I was born and they saw, quote unquote, a boy. Mm-hmm. So I feel like what my mother was thinking, you know, and during her entire pregnancy, just like, you know, being a mother being connected to her baby while carrying her, you know, those thoughts of even like, oh, I'm having a little girl. Oh, my gosh. Like my first girl, I've always wanted a girl. My mom has always wanted a girl. And she didn't think she got one until my little sister was born. But now that we've been talking about this more, she she sees a lot of, you know, what I see and. And so, yeah, when I was born, it was like, oh my God, just, you know, it's quote unquote, not a girl. And so I just believe there is a divine connection there that, 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 that also at a young age made me feel like I was who I was. It wasn't just, you know, like what the world standards were, 
of what a woman should be. And so I just remember, you know, throughout my childhood, always wanting to be around women, always wanting to, you know, dress in, you know, dresses and skirts and heels and wearing wigs and makeup. And I would have to do all of these things very secretly, you know, like no one could know, (laughs) even though I always knew everyone knew that I was queer (laughs) Mm -hmm, (laughs) because mm -hmm. they would insult me back in the day. I saw it as an insult. You know, people would call me faggot or people would call me a girl or I look like a girl or I talk like a girl. And during those moments when I was younger, I used to feel shame and like, you know, like hurt and feel like, you know, like, wow, but they knew and they could see it. And now I look back and just, I'm like, wow, they were wrong. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> right, so, yeah. <laughs> and so they were even able to see it in me. And I just think it affirms everything that I always knew and felt. I, I wanted to play with baby dolls. I wanted, you know, like, but, and, you know, when I was around my grandmother and my mom, they allowed it, you know, and I think that was what gave me some, a little bit of space to like be, to express my femininity because like I was doing hair and I was like, you know, I would like, you know, like play around in my grandmother's stuff, like makeup while she was on her wigs and she, she and she'd always look at me funny, but I, you know, everyone always knew, like, like I said, and, and, you know, this is, I think me and my mom even have a lot more to talk about. <laughs> so I'll just say that much, but I think, you know, growing up, I just even, you know, thinking about my dad, I was, you know, told I could not be a certain type of child and that I was supposed to be a Man, you know, I was told a lot of things that I shouldn't have been told when I was a kid that no young child should hear, that Mm -hmm. no young boy or girl should hear, or any young human should hear in regards to gender and in regards to uh, sexuality, in regards to any of that, because it was just, you know, in a lot of ways presented to me in a very toxic way at a very young age. And I already knew that I wanted nothing to do with any of that. And so I had to grow up in it knowing like, okay, I got to be this person, you know, in front of, you know, certain people. And, you know, it wasn't until I, like, really, it was just like, <laughs> like I said, over the past five or six years have been really outwardly able to express more about my gender and my, my sexuality and my identity. And, and so it's been liberating. I feel better. I feel healthier. It's, it's only going to get better. You know, I've, I've taken a few steps to, to make my life happier on this journey uh, journey right now. And there are just so many more that I am taking that is only going to make it better. I agree. And I think too, like, I just love that we're, we have the opportunity to really share this conversation with other people because the last podcast that I recorded was with Coral Brown. And we talked a lot about these binaries that we live in and, Mm you know, and gender is one of them. And it's this either or black or white, yes or no, right or wrong and heaven or hell. And, yeah, you know, I think that we're really being, we're really being invited. And I and I use that word invited, because I think it's more like the social scripts that are often forced on us. And I think I feel this invitation really kind of energetically to enter more into just a, a reassessment, a reevaluation, an inventory of beliefs, what we've been taught to believe. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Coral had us do on our last episode an inventory of beliefs. Because oftentimes, you know, we can become adults and not realize that we have, we've been hanging on to beliefs that don't serve us, or we've been kind of existing in kind of a reality that we haven't necessarily turned to question, turned to mm. turned into an inquiry. And I often think that I'm starting to recognize the wisdom in living in the questions because certainty doesn't offer room for anything. And I think more and more beautiful souls are being born into the world in this very fluid understanding of who they are, and that it cannot be contained, and it will not be contained in other people's definitions. And I and I want to, I want to really celebrate that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, uh, I think that's true. I, I feel the same way I have said over and over again that I want to, you know, create a space where other people can also live in their truth and, and be their authentic selves. You know, that's, that's something that I wasn't always able to do, uh, you know, for a very long time. And it's not, it's not good. It's not healthy. 
And it's sad to even witness in, you know, other parts of life that I, you know, cross because I, I see these things that I used to do and these places where I used to be. And it's, you know, it's wondering how to like give, you know, inspire others to have that space to be free, you know, to, to do it in a way that's going to really allow them to thrive. Yeah. And, and I understand that your, your work right now is really focused specifically on advocacy for women. And I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted to explore more about that with you. Like why, what are kind of some of the areas that you're really passionate about when it comes to advocacy for women? Well, I think of, first of all, you know, female entrepreneurship enterprise, you know, I think of uh, also just some of the organizations like Black Mamas Matter, which is uh, focuses on the disproportionate rates at which, you know, Black women die during child, you know, labor or during pregnancy and, you know, how, you know, even we're, you know, not made to, you know, be taken serious when expressing pain, you know, for example, telling Black women that, you know, when they're in pain in, in medical offices or environments that, you know, they might not need as much medication because they're strong, which is a stereotype, and therefore allowing the Black women and women of color to go through, you know, very traumatizing experiences with pain. And, you know, there's just so many examples I could talk about, but that's just two of the aspects that I want to focus on. And, you know, for for me growing up in an area where I, I had to see uh, Black women go through lots of lots of painful experiences, you know, due to the unjust systems and the environments they're left to fend for themselves in. And um, knowing that I have a way now to provide a voice for many of them, I have already uh, started to do that. You know, there have been women who have reached out to me thanking me for saying what I'm saying because I understand what it means to be in a situation where Sometimes, yes, your silence is uh, your survival. And but, you know, the platform that I've created, you know, has given other women, black women specifically and women of color, a way to, you know, for people in their communities to see like, wow, you know, this is something that we need to address. And this is something that we need to focus on and, and nurture and grow in and take care of. And, you know, like I said, not just women, but other uh, queer, black and brown people and communities that I come from who just aren't able to be themselves right now because of their well-being, their safety, but seeing what I have to say, you know, and it's a privilege for me to be able to say it, you know, here where I live at in a very liberal, very white space, you know, where a lot of work is happening, where a lot of what we call progression is happening. But you know, there are just times where you can't speak and I, and I get that. So I, I do have this, this voice and this platform and I want to be able to give, you know, other people who are going through or have gone through the same thing as me a way to, to express themselves too and, and to find corroboration and what I have to say. Cause that's what I've been able to do. And the people before me who have written and who have spoken specifically black people and brown people. And, you know, I think that we, we just all need to do better in the intersection of feminism and, you know, like, you know, there's a book called Hood Feminism, and it talks about the that you know that aspect of Black women being left out of this movement of what we call feminism, and how it really can't be called feminism if it doesn't include Black and Brown women, and them being at the forefront as people who are impacted most by by you know, like Michael Mack said, being the most disrespected and unprotected woman in America, and so. Yeah, I, I just want to raise awareness of all of these issues and, and, and just knowing that I, you know, not, you know, the things that I've gone through as a black woman, but also the things I've seen my mom go through, that I've seen my sister go through, that I've seen my aunts and grandmothers go through, you know, and, and just other women go through too, who aren't, you know, black and of color. And I think that's how we bring everyone together is talking about these experiences individually and talking about how we can come together, a solution in a, in a, in a space that actually does work for everyone you kind of just segued right into the next question that I have for you, which is your plan on creating more spaces for healing and growth. So I'd love to hear more about like, what is your vision? And, and how do you see this 
becoming, you know, a conversation that grows and becomes more revealed, I guess, in in the world and and also more available to more people. So right now, there are a couple of things that, that I'm working on actively to create those spaces. One of them is, you know, being appointed to the board of directors for decriminalized name, which helps the stigmatize and, and decriminalize and decolonize the, the use of, you know, um, plant-based remedies uh, like, uh, like mushrooms and cannabis and being able to have uh, spaces where black and brown people uh, can come into these spaces and, and, and have access to those, those same things that other people have access to, but who don't have to get the scrutiny and, you know, policing for doing those same things, which is where the, the inequality and racism comes in, you know, and so I want to be able to provide a space for, for, you know, all black people, but specifically women, you know, I have people who I'm working with and who I'm talking with, who's also creating spaces, uh, who are, you know, working on creating a space where black women can come in and have safe, you know, births and, you know, in the, you know, maybe the comfort of their home, you know, they, um, are also non-binary. So it's really nice to have someone who's a black woman who's non-binary and who's going into the medical field to kind of highlight that. And her and I have always been talking about just collaborating one day, you know, maybe once they open up a clinic, you know, and with my nursing background, being able to like build something bigger here in Maine of that sort. And so, you know, really healthcare. And I think, you know, that's the big topic for, for black women. And, and of course for all women, and I just think that again, once when we talk about feminism, we have to to acknowledge those disparities because if we don't, we're it, to me that's just not true feminism. And the other thing that I am doing is a lot of dance and body movement that involves a lot of uh, black women and black femmes and other people of color. A combination of a historical black dance called J Set and and another um, style called. Uh, like pose or drag. And mm-hmm. so just having those people who are, are not represented, who are marginalized, be, be brought to the f- forefront and be recognized for, for their skill and talent as well. And so I just think I'm, I'm creating a lot of spaces, whether it's through uh, performance art or visual art or healing spaces for all Black people and people of color to come together with the focus on women. And so it's just, it's been, you know, it's been slow because of COVID, but it's happening. We've been doing some dancing here and there, some photography here and there. We've been doing, you know, some work through a company called Good Medicine, which focuses on wellness and holistic health. There's just a lot of things happening. So, you know, it's just also trying to keep up with everything. Right. I know. I know. It's a lot. lot. But I want to I want to kind of circle back to a couple different things that you said here, because it is really interesting. And I want to make sure that, you know, I'm not making assumptions on my end. You know, I listened to when you talked about the medical marijuana and the use of mushrooms. And I know, for example, that Maine is a state that allows and does. So it's decriminalized the use of marijuana for medicinal purposes is that correct yeah yeah and you know and just in recreational you know i think it's a art project that i'm working on slowly where i'm gonna call a lot of attention to these uh, disparities uh you know like feeling like people you know are just kind of living their lives kind of walking by and not being in tune with the reality like you know we have people incarcerated who have possession of cannabis a uh, very small amount and you know, are still incarcerated while, you know, consumers here, you know, locals just kind of go about their daily lives, you know, consuming that same, that same thing that someone else got locked up for not, and not using their voice or privilege to say anything. Right. And so I think for me, just to live in a space like this and not be able to say anything is, you know, like my silence isn't going to help anyone. So I think as an, you know, as an artist and as an activist, I want to bring attention to even you know, that issue, which I'm already in the process of doing, you know, through with Decriminalize Me in collaboration with the art project where I'm just collecting a lot of the jars that people 
get their cannabis dispensing and I'm going to do, uh, you know, kind of a project with those jars and, you know, kind of calling attention to the fact that, you know, corporate greed is, is playing out every single day when we, when we feed into this. And I know that we don't always have a choice. Um, and I think as we go into those spaces, we have to at least acknowledge these disparities, these, um, injustices and, and initiate these conversations, uh, whether it's with the, the cashiers at the dispensary or the people who are just purchasing and, and you're not acknowledging the fact that, you know, we're, we're, our silence here is violence, that if we don't see anything, nothing is going to be done. And I think a lot of times we can just be wrapped up in our own world and not care. But that's, again, that's one, I don't, you know, I want to bring attention to that. And that's just one, one way uh, uh, that I'm already in the process of doing that is through my art. So hopefully we'll be able to, to highlight that soon and people will be able to see and hear a lot of what I have to say in regards to cannabis and, and just kind of, again, decriminalizing the use of it and talking about the injustices that exist while we remain silent. Well, and then all, you know, what I'm making up over here is that, and I know some of this is in fact true, but some of the other problems and issues that you were alluding to earlier, which is, you know, pain management and how it's very different mm-hmm. for Black folks in our, you know, public health care system and, trauma like when you think about the trauma that has been inflicted uh through these Mm -hmm. disparities and then you have people actually using you know a substance such as marijuana for those very to treat those very disorders because they they can't either they can't get seen or heard in the medical system or they're not getting the the proper attention and then they get put in jail for it or you know so so there's so many there's so many collapsed issues on top of that and so many intersecting issues and i think again what you're pointing to is the the lack of awareness of the complexity of all of these different disparities. What I also want to point back to here is just your definition of feminism and really be clear with our audience about what your definition of feminism is. And I'm on the same page here as I kind of hear you describing what feminism is to you. But it's really interesting because feminism has gotten a bad rap, I think. And I'm just like, how how could you not be a feminist? Everybody should be a feminist, you know? And so I, I just kind of wanted you to to just just give, if you don't mind, just a, a an overview of your how how do you define or uh, explain feminism? Yeah, um, I think that it goes back to the, just our country's history. I think when we talk about, (laughs) like, where do we even begin the patriarchy? I think, like, you know, seeing the division that played out over the course of time, starting with, you know, I think when we talk about what people had to do to survive is what I hear a lot um, in response to how history has played out in regards to White women, you know, standing in solidarity with Black women throughout the history of, you know, Black women being oppressed and disadvantaged and, you know, just uh, excluded from from a lot of their human rights. And, you know, it wasn't enough just to be treated that way by, you know, the white man, the, you know, the patriarchy or just you know, even white women, but amongst their own, you know, that's something that we don't talk about a lot because we, again, are conditioned to stay in these places and to stay silent and to believe that this is the way because this is what everyone is saying we should do. But I I want to be, a, you know, a cycle breaker. I want to break those cycles so that generations after me don't have to stay silent and can say that someone before them spoke about these issues and raise the awareness of them. And whereas some, you know, people might say we should stay silent about a lot of these things. And so, you know, I think that for me, you know, it's, I think we have to go back to the book called Hood Feminism, mm-hmm. which just talk about the, the communities and the demographics that are, are left behind in the movement of what we call feminism here in America, you know, specifically um, focusing on black and brown women and you know i think you know there's a lot of resources out there that can teach us about a lot of these things a lot of films a lot of movies you know like one you know you can see the even the the divide between uh black women 
based off of colorism. And that's, again, rooted in white supremacy, where people who with a lighter skin could, you know, get, you know, further in life than darker skinned women. And how, you know, just the different levels of harm that can even come from women towards other women who are basically at the bottom of the, the totem pole. And so I think, you know, when we see these things play out, we have to we have to question them and address them. But a lot of the times we don't. And that's why they're sustained for, you know, years and years and years and years. And again, I want to break those cycles. Uh, I, I want to I don't want I you know, my, I have a little sister. I have little cousins, female cousins. I have little people looking up to me, you know, and uh, in this world where where women are just being mistreated on all levels even over the past eight years with, with this presidency, which was just a mess, um, it's something that I want my generation of women that are coming after me to be ready for, to be able to speak up against at a very young age. You know, like my sister's 15. I have a niece, you know, who's seven. You know, I have, I have a nephew. I want, I want them to know that they don't have to stay silent about these, these issues. And so, I'm, again, I'm giving voice, their voices you know, amplification through just being heard through my platform or be even writing something or sharing a video or some sort of content that they can see that they might not be able to like articulate in their communities. And so it's, it's a way I know that I'm actually bringing something through to a community um, based off of my lived experiences there. And so, yeah, I, I want to keep doing that. Yeah. I love, I love that. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. So, you know, I'm trying to think like there's so many different things that I want to like ask you or talk about, but I'm wondering if there's like, something right now that you're specifically working on. I want to that you want to kind of share with us. And I, I want to say this too that, you know, since we started kind of connecting on Facebook and and I learned about you through Megan Joe Wilson. I just have really loved watching you and the various the various expressions that you mm. that you work through. And one of those is music and singing. And of course, then there's yeah. your artwork, and then there's your modeling. And there's so many yeah. different ways that you really have made visibility and and you're daring to express yourself in these very visible ways part of your activism and i wondered if you could talk about that and or share something that you're working on right now that you want to tell us about yeah so i um i'm working on a couple of things one of the things that i'm working on is i i started a a podcast with with my partner called cookies and cream and <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I love that cookies and cream. Well, and the reason I'm laughing is because, <laughs> is because my partner, that was my, my business partner. That was her nickname for me. She would call me <laughs> cookies and cream. And I kind of blush when she says it because I know what she would, she would be, she would be alluding to the fact that like, she's just like, I could listen to you all day. And I'm saying that blush. <laughs> and smiling because like who am I to brag about this but but I am mm-hmm. but I will brag you know because I just loved it I loved it she was like I could just get some cookies and dip them in the milk and that would be you and I just was like that's so precious so anyway I had to tell that little story so so tell me more about cookies and cream so yeah cookies and cream is a, a vlog that me and my partner started this year uh, with uh, focusing on topics of interracial dating and anti-racism and being queer and trans and non-binary and being able to talk about some of the challenges and some of the victories that we kind of go through in our journey um, as an interracial couple, interracial trans anti-racist couple. <clears throat> and, you know, we wanted to provide insight to people who, who might not have some of the experiences that we've gone through as very outspoken activists of, about white supremacy, about police brutality, about transphobia, homophobia. And a lot of people are, you know, really, really uh, open to hearing what we have to say. We've already gotten emails, people asking about consulting with us. So, you know, it's just like already going going so well. We've, we've had it running for less than a week. And so we created our first vlog recently. It was, it was called uh, My Black Body Cannot Be Purchased and Neither Can Black Love. 
Mm-hmm. And we were talking about classism there and just, you know, a little bit about wealthy white people and how the division that's already existing is only being strengthened by, you know, the, the hoarding of wealth and the refusal to, to acknowledge the racism that is taking place right here in our communities, turning a blind eye to it, t- turning a blind ear to it, which is nothing helpful for black and brown communities. And so it's going, it's going great. Uh, you know, we, I'm going to be doing some other, some other artwork that involves dancing. Like I said, using JSET and, you know, some drag and pose. That's going to be a variety of black and brown men and women and other black and brown humans and just really focusing on really black trans women because even amongst, you know, black women, black trans women, we die at disproportionate rates. And, you know, it's, it's because people take our identities for a joke. It's because they don't believe that we're well, there, that we are real women and that we don't deserve to live. And, and I'm just so glad that there is starting to be more talk about it, more representation in the media about it. And I'm currently doing an art project on um, the highlight of Black trans women uh, with a focus on Marsha P. Johnson, who I just did a photo shoot, modeling photo shoot on um, in honor of her. And so I have a ton of beautiful photos and that I'm going to use to create, you know, whether it's some sort of mural or collage that's going to be on display probably during Black History Month of 2021. And so I have a three-week guest uh, artist guest residency coming up in uh, February, and I plan to use that time to display some of my work. And then I'm also going to incorporate uh, just some of the the drag culture by hopefully having a group of us Black and Brown people do some dance uh, that'll be filmed and then displayed in a kind of a glass window here downtown Portland so that uh, people can walk by and see that we are here to see that we that us uh, black trans women and black and uh, brown queer communities do exist and that we're right here and that we're your neighbors, that people are trying to marginalize us further and we, we won't be silenced and that we'll just continue to raise our frequency. And so, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm also working on some, some writing, some writing, some music, you know, so I have a lot of just a different variety of things going on, whether it's dance, music, performance. And so I'm just going to kind of do, take a little bit at a time and, and slowly, slowly starts to reveal. I started my Patreon, writing more. And so I have a lot going on, but I'm hoping that this, this pandemic will smooth out next year sometime and that we can, we can start seeing more of each other's work and, and hearing more of each other's voices. And, and I'm just, I'm looking forward to it. I have a good feeling about next year and, and I just can't wait to share more and more. Yeah. And I just love, I, I got to tell you, it just warms my heart so much because as someone who, I always think back to like the days when God bless my dad's heart, right? He was just like, so, you know, again, patriarchy, I'll, I'll say, uh, but you know, he was like, you're never going to find a, a, a good husband in art school, right? Cause like I, I really, <laughs> I had the heart of an artist, right? And so it, mm-hmm. it's just this way, I think that again, like that, all of these different modes of expression for you, the the written word, the, um, you know, the dance, the photography, the modeling, uh, the yeah. music, the, the, the mixed media, it's just that it's, it's just really um, so important. And there's a way that I, I really can hear how prolific you are in your expression. And I, I love that so much, Truth, because it is by you continuing to speak your truth and that I think this is the reason that people, it's because of people like you who dare, who dare to speak the truth, who dare to be your own sovereign being and, you know, take up your own agency and really share from your heart that creates the connection and through your expression, other people are, it's starting to sink in. And I think there are a lot of people out that are out there that are hungry for 
a deeper understanding, but they don't necessarily know how to ask for it, or they feel Mm -hmm. even ashamed that they don't know more. And again, I encourage everybody to dive right into the mess, because (laughs) the mess is where we get to ask questions and where we get to bump up against people's emotions and interpretations. And it gets to be messy because in order for something new to be born, in order for us to really kind of collectively come together and start to unify and understand each other, we have to endure that that messy, gritty place. And I just, again, want to honor you for all that you do, Truth, all that you do to bring activism and awareness and love, because you really what I'm hearing behind all of this is just a strong, strong source of love in you. And and I just, I'm so blessed and honored that you joined us today. I'd love to have you in these next few minutes, just tell people where they can find you online. So, you know, with that, please do tell us where, where can our listeners find you on Facebook and on Patreon, if you've got those URLs. I'd love you to share them. Yeah. So you can find me on Facebook at at Truth Speaks. Truth is spelled with two U's. So it's T-R-U-U-T-H Speaks. You should be able to find it just by typing that in. And then I can also uh, share the uh, URLs with you guys later. Or you can also find me on Instagram at Truth Speaks 207 and uh, truth is spelled the regular way. <laughs> okay. T-R- you didn't get the T- W there. Okay. The T-R-U-T-H. So yeah, uh, Truth Speaks 207 on Instagram. And um, I am um, have started a Patreon, which you can find through my Instagram as well. So there's a link there in the bio. And yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's pretty much it there. Okay, and if you wanted to just leave our listeners with any kind of last words, you know, what would, you know, if if we were to have some listeners here who are listening from a place of like, yeah, you know, I've been hiding my true identity. What would you say to them? <sighs> I would say <laughs> a big sigh. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say that whatever that whatever you feel on the inside that that you should just really just say it's I know it sounds you know like something bizarre and like it's a scary thing to do but really you know that's where it starts is just saying it it's it's like you know that was where a lot of my harm to myself came is being silent about things that I felt on the inside things that I knew I wanted to like say and you know just you know embracing things that I wanted to do that I couldn't do. And so it's really just starting to do those things, like stepping out somewhere on faith and and just being like, I'm going to do this. And you just have to think that you're just as important as everyone else. You know, like if someone's trying to like, to like knock you down during this time of you trying to like rise up, you just got to really like, you know, you know, like hold them accountable. But like you're, you know, like you're you're not entitled to tell me who I am. You're not allowed to write my narrative. You're not a, you know, this is my truth that I'm going to live in and just reclaiming that and owning up to that. And, and I know it's not easy to do, but it's really just uh, stepping out on faith and doing it. I had a lot of people believe in me. And I think that's another thing is, you know, having community people to support you throughout your journey. It's it's so, you know, it can be very lonely and painful to try to, to do uh, something as as uh, bold as speaking your truth on you know hourly and and having to go through that alone without having any community who cross the same intersection to you. So I I definitely believe in, in building up community. Uh, I cannot thank my community enough for the support and love that they have shown me. I could not do it without them, and and that's one of the things I want people to know is that I I am part of that community that can create space for their voices to be heard, even if they can't do so on their own or if they can't do so in their own spaces and so some people have given me that space to to elevate my voice and yeah i just want to pass that to the generations that are coming after me and to other people who can find um, hope and inspiration in my work and words 
Yeah, and and I I really go back to what you said before, you know, silence is violence. And it's true, whether it's silence on the inside or silence on the outside, we're either doing that violence to ourselves, or we're, or we're complicit in our violence or the violence done against others when we see something that's happening, and we don't use our voices or our privilege to, to stop it to to rise up to say no. I love too what you said about, you know, you're you're not allowed to write my narrative. And it and that is true too, right? Like we there's a way that we often give our power away when we remain silent and it's very very important that everybody who's listening to this and really all of us everywhere are being living true to our own story and that we're we're living the story that we we want to tell and that and we want to be told, right? It's it's also our legacy and you know, unless we're kind of aligned with our truth, we're not going to find our tribe. We're not cuz our vibe attracts our tribe. And I think in order there's a reason that our voice is got a, a resonance to it cuz there's a vibratory essence in our voice and when we speak truth, we attract you know, the people who are belong to us and whom and and that's how we find our people that's how we find our sense of belonging and start to really navigate and explore those places that often we've been running or hiding from because somehow we've been shamed into believing that we should be somebody that we're not and so i've loved again i have loved this conversation with all of my heart And to those of you listening, we'll be sure to invite Truth on for deeper conversations another time. But in the meantime, thank you, Truth, and more to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.